Acts 2, starting at verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because they each heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of them hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, They've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, my body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. 
You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all who the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. When we hear this this sort of thing or person mentioned the Holy Spirit, you might think, who or what is the Holy Spirit? What is it all about? There may be lots of questions. Well, in this video, we'll reflect on some of those questions and also on the events of Pentecost Sunday. As Christians, we believe in the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. We believe the Holy Spirit is a person who is still active in our lives today. But it can be very hard to get our heads around the idea of this person, the Holy Spirit. We talk about God the Father, about Jesus the Son, but who is the Holy Spirit? Jesus, when he was on this earth, explained that the Holy Spirit would come and would be our helper. We read this in John's Gospel, in John chapter 14. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Jesus was talking about a time when he would no longer be on this earth, but the Holy Spirit would come. And that's what we remember tomorrow at Pentecost, on Pentecost Sunday, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper, the one who would help the disciples continue to bring 
bring the message of Jesus and that he still helps us today. The Holy Spirit, so important to our faith and part of the Trinity, God the Father, Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. How and when do we receive the Holy Spirit? We talk about receiving the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, which we'll also come on to in a bit. But how does this happen and when do we receive the Holy Spirit? The Apostle Paul taught us that we receive the Holy Spirit once we receive Jesus as our Saviour, once we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour. We read in, in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, for we were all baptised by one spirit into one body. Receiving the Holy Spirit when we come to faith. And in Ephesians chapter 1, that we are marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So when we come to faith or we make this decision to follow Jesus, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in us and works in us and transforms us and guides us. By accepting Jesus, we then receive the Holy Spirit. And we can see how the Holy Spirit then works in our lives. So we've thought about receiving the Holy Spirit, how we receive the Holy Spirit. But what does the Holy Spirit actually do? The Holy Spirit, I believe, is still active in the world today, just as it was with the apostles and in their lives they spread the good news of Jesus. One of the works of the Holy Spirit is called sanctification. When we come to faith, we're being transformed in an ongoing journey and the Holy Spirit changes our lives. We receive, you know, we grow in the fruit of the Spirit, which we'll also come to a bit later on. We grow in the fruit of the Spirit. Our lives are transformed. We look to become more like Jesus. The works of the flesh become less evident and the work of the Spirit grows and becomes more evident in our lives. We see how Jesus is at work, how we've been transformed. The Holy Spirit is changing us. The Holy Spirit is also a gift giver. There are lots of kind, different kinds of gifts and the Spirit gives them out, distributes them. If you read in 1 Corinthians 12, 4, the gifts of the Spirit, how we can use them for God's glory, the Holy Spirit gives gifts. The Holy Spirit does work amongst unbelievers as well. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and judgment. The Holy Spirit would bring the message of Jesus, would testify the message of Jesus as it would do at Pentecost and as the Holy Spirit, as he does today, brings that message of Jesus. It helps us to gain greater wisdom, gain greater understanding of God, helps to guide us and strengthen us and give us wisdom. The Holy Spirit's still active in our lives today, bringing us promptings, helping us to follow God and to know more about him.
So we receive the Holy Spirit when we come to faith, when we accept Jesus as our Saviour. But we talk about the filling of the Holy Spirit, how we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You might ask that question, I'd love to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but how does it actually happen? How are we filled? We just ask the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. We desire the work of the Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to transform us. You know, it's said that sin can be, a, can be a barrier to allowing the Holy Spirit to come into our lives when we allow other things to get in the way. When we resist the work of the Holy Spirit, maybe even through fear, we resist the, the Holy Spirit changing us. We can perhaps be resistant to being changed and think we want to resist the Holy Spirit because we're a bit nervous of it. We're nervous of losing control. But the Holy Spirit wants to fill us, wants us to receive the Holy Spirit and for us to be filled to be filled with him. And so that overflows and the good news of Jesus goes to others and people see the fruit in our lives. We have to say, come Holy Spirit, allow ourselves to be filled. We might go through times in our lives where we feel we are filled with the Holy Spirit and times we feel we've leaked a bit. But let's keep going, let's keep praying and asking for the Holy Spirit to fill us and have that desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit and for it to overflow in our lives and be evident to others. When we talk about receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit, we then should see fruit in our lives and how the Holy Spirit has transformed us. We can read in the Bible in Galatians chapter 5 about the fruit of the Spirit. What characteristics are there of this fruit? Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. As the Holy Spirit fills us, as the Holy Spirit transforms us, our lives become more like Jesus and the fruit of the Spirit becomes more evident in us.